Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. I'm going to read the Bible now. Good morning and Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, it's our privilege now to hear the Word of God read aloud in a public gathering, something which uh, many of our brothers and sisters today uh, cannot do for fear of persecution. And we thank God for that. We're reading from 2 Samuel chapter 7, uh, starting at verse 8 this morning. Now then, Tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth, and I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I'll raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands but my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here on Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, my name is Ben, if we haven't met before, and it's such a privilege that we get to kind of stop and be reminded of God's Word. So let's pray, and then we'll get into this passage together. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the joy it is to be able to stop in the middle of the week and have Christmas. Lord, we pray that as we look at this passage this morning, that you would challenge us and change us and help us be filled with the wonder of the Christmas story. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this Christmas uh, for Elizabeth and I has been a really big Christmas uh, because for the first time in five years of our marriage and for the first time for me personally in 12 years, we have finally had a Christmas tree. Here's a picture of our Christmas tree. Uh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's been set up since the 1st of December. And it's the first one in a little while. For the f previous five years, we lived in a house that was kind of a little bit small, and our Christmas tree was basically how I would describe it, a stick that was spray-painted. Uh, Elizabeth kind of assured me that, you know, people would dream of having trees like this, but it was a stick. 
covered in silver, spray paint. Uh, Before that, I lived with some guys and we didn't decorate anything. So this was the first Christmas tree in a little while. And it's been reminding me of the fact that as a society, we try and attach wonder to pretty much everything that we can. Right? It's been reminding me of the joy of this season, of the wonder of this season, you know, the, the excitement, the anticipation of something beautiful, remarkable. We attach wonder to everything that we possibly can. You know, wonder is the Christmas tree set up from the 1st of December. Wonder is wrapped presents underneath the Christmas tree. Wonder is 25 days of trying to figure out what those presents are by shaking them and rattling them around. Wonder is the friends, the family. Wonder is the food. Wonder is the feeling that maybe this year we'll have a Christmas cake without any sultanas in it. We attach wonder to everything we possibly can, the lights and everything else. But obviously it raises the question as we gather together in a church on Christmas Day, there's wonder in everything, but what's the wonder in the Christmas story? There's wonder in everything else, in the lights, in the trees, in in the decorations, but what is the wonder in the Christmas story? What is the wonder in the, the birth of Jesus? Because we've heard it before, right? I mean, since November, they started playing carols in the shops. We, we've heard it a thousand times in different carols. We've seen it in a thousand different nativity scenes. So what is the wonder of this story, the wonder of this birth of Jesus? Well, we're going to open up our Bibles and have a look at that. And we're going to do that by actually beginning not in the nativity scene, but a thousand years before the nativity scene. And we're going to see that there's wonder in this promise. Now, just to set the scene for you in 2 Samuel, because I don't know how many of us woke up this morning and you know, wanted to get in the Christmas mood and just read through 1 Samuel. But, but the, Christmas, the, the context here, the scene going on is, is Israel are going through a bit. That's pretty much their, their life. They're going through a little bit. Uh, Saul was king before this guy called David, and he began to lose his mind. And so Israel was living in this instability and, and unrest and crazy times. There was wars and rumors of wars. And then you get David. He's finally put as king. And, and things are looking up, but it's still not great. Still instability, still unrest, still a sense of mess. But then we see God enters in. And God gives them a promise. And this promise is an amazing promise. And we see that in the passage we had read out for us before. We're going to pick it up from halfway through uh, verse 11, where God says to David, the king at the time, this promise. He says, The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up for you, uh, for your offspring, to succeed you your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure before me. Your throne will be established forever." So where's the wonder at Christmas? Well, we see it actually begins here in the promise. There's wonder in the promise. This was a thousand years before the nativity scene ever was. And it's a promise that one day this King David is going to have a son who's going to rule and reign forever. Now, you've got to remember, this is not just, you know, rumors of a new leader. This is not just they're going to have a new prime minister or a new president. This is, we're going to have a king, a king who's going to rule forever. A king who's going to bring us security 
and rest and hope and peace and joy. This promise is a promise of excitement and of anticipation where everything is going to be as it should because we're going to have a king that rules forever. And so you could see how this promise then's got with it a bit of wonder, a bit of excitement, a bit of anticipation because for Israel living in this time of instability and unrest, they're wondering when's this king going to come? Who's this king going to be? What's this king going to be like? And so from the moment of this promise began a wait. They waited to see who this king would be. Now, we, we know that experience of waiting for something. Maybe this Christmas season has been a long wait for you. Maybe you too have had presents under that tree since the 1st of December. We know what it's like to wait for, for our presents each year. Maybe you're one of the special few that have to wait until after Christmas. It's grueling that wait. <laughs> we, that was my childhood too, by the way. I still haven't gotten over that. Um, but, but we know what waiting is. We, we know that anticipation for something. This is what Israel were going through, waiting, longing. Who's this king going to be like? What's he going to be like? When's he going to come? When's this time going to be where we can have rest and security and hope and peace and joy? And so what happened for Israel was they began this wait. And they began looking for the offspring one by one, after the, each after the next, thinking, is this the son of David? Is this the one that's going to reign forever? And, and what they would see is that one by one, the son of David, the offspring, would fail. You know, they would rise up and then they'd stuff up and then they'd die and they'd go, okay, well, we'll have to wait for the next offspring, the next child of the promise. So the problem wasn't in the people, the problem, the problem wasn't in the promise, sorry, it was in the people. And so they'd hold on to this promise. This promise, in a sense, became a beacon of hope. One passed from generation to the next going, there's a king coming, there's one coming. There was wonder attached to this. So where's the wonder of Christmas? Well, it begins in the promise. A thousand years before the nativity scene. But we see, obviously, it's not just in the promise. It's fulfilled in what happened, right? So we jump forward. We go forward a thousand years into the book of Luke. And we see this really crucial moment where God rocks up. With this angel, as we kind of watched in that video, God rocks up. God sends this angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a virgin Mary pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. And then you get these really four kind of inconspicuous words that maybe we'd pass over a thousand times before, a descendant of David. Now, if you're an Israelite, doesn't that bring with you a sense of wonder? Could this be? Is, is something happening here? Could we finally have the king of the promise the one of David, could this be the offspring? And then those kind of thoughts are furthered as we see the angel speaks to Mary and says, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. The angel speaks to Mary and says, you've got favor, girl. This is good. It's not because of Mary either. I mean, she's a teenager here, but God is giving her grace and favor. And Mary reacts like anyone would. I love her reaction in verse 29. She's greatly troubled. <laughs> She's like, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What's the angel doing here? But the angel speaks. And in verse 30, you get the angel speaking, and, she said, and the angel says, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And then you get these two verses, crucial, massive verses, because the angel says he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, 
and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. See what the angel is saying here? This is the baby of the promise. This is the king of the promise. This is not an ordinary baby. This is the one they spoke about for generation after generation. This is the one that was promised a thousand years beforehand, the king who would come and would rule forever. His kingdom would reign forever. Now, that sounds great, doesn't it, to have a king who rules forever, especially if he's a good king who reigns forever. But it does leave one final question, I think, for us this morning. What does it mean to have a king who reigns forever? What does it mean to live in God's kingdom that rules forever and goes on forever? Because if we know our experience, we live in unrest. We live in instability. You know, we're feeling that at the moment. Maybe Christmas is a time of that for you. In our country, we're feeling that, as Ryan prayed before, with our bushfires and, and stuff like that in our country. We experience unrest and instability. So what does it mean to have a king who rules forever, king who reigns forever? What does it mean that Jesus is here? Well, if we were to keep reading through the Bible, we see this means two big things for us. And these two big things give us a sense of wonder and excitement and awe that lasts beyond this season. Two big things. The first thing, since this king will reign forever, it means that death won't reign. There's wonder attached to that. See, Jesus isn't just the king in the manger. He's the king who will go to the cross. He rose up. He lived his life. He proved himself with miracles. And then he died. People thought, his enemies thought, if we could kill this king, then his kingdom would stop. In fact, ironically, they killed him with the words, king of the Jews above him. But death couldn't hold Jesus. He died and rose again and proved himself to over 500 people. Jesus conquered death. And the wonder of it all is, he says, if you trust in him, death won't reign over you either. Jesus invites us in and says, if you trust in me, if you trust in Jesus, death won't be your end. You can have confidence over death. That's the first thing it means to have a king who reigns forever, who rules forever. Death didn't hold him. And he says it won't hold us either. But the second is kind of equally beautiful and powerful and wonderful. And it's that since we have a king who rules forever and reigns forever, this messy world and instability and unrest won't reign forever either. You see, when we look at this, we don't just have the king in the promise or the king in the manger or the king on the cross, but we have the king on the throne. Right? See, I, I, know, I don't know. If you think about it, what's your picture of Jesus today? You know, I think maybe it's because I've just watched those videos over and over and over again that my picture of Jesus on a day like this is just cute. You know, he's a cute little baby and a cute manger and cute shepherds and cute animals and everything's cute. But Jesus isn't just the king in the manger. He's the king on the throne. And since he's the king on the throne, one day this king on the throne is going to deal with the brokenness in the world. He's going to fix it. He's going to make all things new. And we get this picture of this king in the final book of the Bible, in the book of Revelation. And in Revelation chapter 21, we get this guy, John, seeing this, and he writes this. He says this. He says, look, uh, he says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Where's the wonder of Christmas? It's here. 
It's here that we see the wonder of Christmas, the excitement, the anticipation, the beauty of Christmas. It's in the fact that this king in a manger is not just the king in the manger. You know, Jesus didn't stay forever as little baby Jesus. He grew up. He was the king on the cross. He defeated death. And now he sits as the king on the throne. And one day this king will make all things new. And that day will be glorious and beautiful and wonderful. And so when we think about the wonder of this season, we hope you can see that what the Bible says is there's something wonderful that goes beyond this season. You know, we, we do hope you have a great day today and a Merry Christmas. We hope that today's filled with lots of good stuff. But we hope you can see there's something better, something more, greater that lasts beyond this season. And it's seen in the King, the King in the promise, the King in the manger, the King on the cross, and the King